All right. Hey, Rob, what's up? Hey, Mike, how are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Yeah. How about you? Good. How's Northern? What's that? I could use a haircut and a pizza. A pizza? Yeah, I got my haircut, as you can tell. Uh, Looks good. My wife did a a lovely job. So, uh, I don't think I told you about the... uh, (laughs) There was an unspoken um, battle going on in our house. I don't even think... I think I'm the only one who knew about it, but... um, uh, my wife and daughter were complaining about my beard, right? And it was because it was getting pretty bad. Um, yeah. But then I had at the same time was asking uh, one of them to cut my hair, which is a very easy process. All I wanted was the clippers that we already have set to number three or something like that. And just do that, do that, cut it, you know, and cut it and be done. Five minutes. Cool. But <laughs> somehow everybody's too busy when we're all home and I, okay, I have to be fair cause my wife is working, but there's still a lot of time in the day. So I was just like, you know what? I'm not trimming my beard at all until my hair gets cut. Cause at some point the crazy insane, which I think is what I look like in the last podcast. If you watch the video. Um, <laughs> so, uh, finally, uh, my wife cut my hair and then I trimmed the beard down a little bit. Although they still want me to make, take the beard, cut the beard completely off. I don't know. I like it. Keep it. <clears throat> oh, I'm planning on it. So anyway, that's my haircut story. Somebody finally, my wife finally agreed to cut my hair. Actually, <laughs> she was gone somewhere and I took and I set everything up out on the porch, the clippers, the chair, everything. And then, so I didn't give her much choice, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well done. So, which was the key. Cause you know, I don't know. I, I think we do this sometimes all the time because we get so caught up in ourselves where I'm like, you know, I wanted my wife to cut my hair and uh, I kept asking her, but I didn't do anything, you know, about it. Like, Hey, you got to cut my hair, cut my, cut my hair. I'm busy, blah, blah, blah. And then the minute that I actually take the effort to get the clippers and put a chair outside and, you know, get the extension cord so she can do it. And then within five minutes, my hair is cut. So, Really, I guess maybe I'm just a dick. I don't know. How does that work the other way in your house? Uh, uh, what exactly do you mean? If she asks you to do something, how long does it take you to do it? For fucking ever. I'm the worst. And she is, I think maybe, <laughs> her patience is, un, uh, yeah, the level of patience that she has must be insane. And I'm trying to be better at it, but because I used to just blow everything off and now, I get everything done within a week. I don't know. So, yeah. No, I'm personally horrible about um, getting things done. And so perhaps I separate, like, for her, because she's such a good person. Like, her requests are not like, take care of me, take care of me, take care of me. They're like, can you fix that thing that's broken on the house? I'd really appreciate it. And then, right? Like my requests are not like, hey, I don't, can you budget out our finances for the whole year coming and give me, you know, because I think that would be great for us. I don't ever ask anything like that. I'm like, will you cut my hair? Will you help me decorate my this or whatever, right? It's all about me sometimes. And her requests for me are, you know, (laughs) okay, (laughs) this is what I'm doing after we're done podcasting. So, uh, during the quarantine, we were doing some redecorating uh, in the house, and we put a black backsplash 
in our kitchen, something that we're not very good at and we're still working on, but it's turned out okay. But um, all the outlets in the kitchen are still, I don't have the covers on them where the black splash is because you have to put these little spacers. It's going to take some, you can't just throw the new ones back on. You have to put some effort into it. And she's been bugging me about getting them done for a while. And then yesterday she, or I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, she's doing dishes and she turns on the uh, uh, garbage disposal. And because the cover's not in there, a little bit of water goes down her finger and makes a connection and she gets a shock. <laughs> not a bad one. But then she's like, okay, this is where I become an asshole because you haven't done what I, you should have done a number of days ago. So yeah. after this, I'm going to be putting the outlet covers back on upstairs smart how does it work in your house can you relate to that at all <clears throat> sure yeah kind of. so let me give you a prime example okay so we have a deck in the back of our house and it's old and the wood's starting to go on it and we're planning on getting a new deck in the next year or two mm-hmm. um last summer i painted the whole deck okay do you paint it or stain it it's a paint stain yep. hybrid. Okay. Gotcha. I know exactly what you mean. So um, I sanded down all the spots where the paint was bad and then painted. Right. And it looked really good. My wife was really happy with that. And this is a temp- uh, somewhat temporary solution. Then the next year or two, you're going to. Last year it was great. It was, it looked really good. Right. The problem is, is that, that we had snow this winter and I decided not to shovel off the, the deck. Um, so the places where the new paint was, um, it was fine. The, you know, the paint was this paint slash stain was great. The, uh, downside was there, the place where there, the old paint was underneath the new paint where I, cause I sanded down like the bad spots, but I didn't sand all of it down. The old paint is now bad and started bubbling up. So now our deck, the paint came off just about everywhere. Okay. So you painted the whole thing, but you only fixed the parts before you i got it yeah so like if the paint was okay on the boards of the deck oh, i didn't sure. sand down the whole thing down to the wood right i just mm-hmm. sanded it on the edges so that the you know if it was the paint was coming up it wouldn't come up okay um so and we had discussed that we were going to get a new deck and it was just like a temporary deal right so this year so now the paint looks bad on the deck mm-hmm. <clears throat> so around march my wife was like hey um what do you want to do about the deck and I'm like, well, we're just getting a new deck, aren't we? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, great, because I hate sanding the deck. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, great. She's like, do you mind just spotting up the spots around the walkway? Because, like, on one end are the stairs that come up into the house, and then, like, the rest of the deck goes off to a sliding glass door on the side. Very and simple. Can I just door. interject and ask? That's a pretty simple request. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a a really fair thing. Right. She was like, Hey, do you mind spot painting that stuff? It looked really good last time. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. No problem at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, I sanded down the spots by the door. We talk about like what specifically she wanted to make sure it was how she wanted it. Okay. And keep in mind, this is my house too. And I get like this kind of maintenance stuff. I usually do the, that kind of maintenance, right? Like the outdoor stuff and all that. So, um, I sanded down the parts that needed it and spot painted those. And it took, you know, a few hours to get everything sanded down. Right. And, uh, you get the, I had to go get new paint cause our old can of paint had was not good anymore. So I had to go to Lowe's and, um, this is all during quarantine. So I'm like masked up and in Lowe's getting paint. Right. Um, which is probably not essential, but let's, rem- let's keep judgment on this. Yeah. No. 
because I'd have to judge myself a lot on that. Okay. Right. So I um, did that mm-hmm. and got the paint and stained it up, and it looked really good. And uh, she came home, and I got the first part done, and she's like, wow, this looks really good where the new paint is. Can you just do the rest of the boards, though? Because it really it stands out where the new paint is. I'm like, yeah, well, if it's going to fade, and when it fades, it'll blend in a little better. It's like, yeah, but it will look it will look a lot better if you just paint those boards. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fine. So, you know, I've spent four hours on it, but it's all sanded down. So, you know, I'll just put more paint over the top of it. So I did. I put the paint over the top. And so I have to do it in two sections. So I did the first half, and then she told me to redo the first half. So I redid the first half before I even got to the second half. Um, so I just, and then for the second half, I just painted everything, the whole, I just redid everything. Mm-hmm. So that, so afterwards it looked fantastic. Everything looked great. It looked, the paint looked really good. Everything looked nice and fresh and clean. And, um, so, uh, then we had family over for Memorial Day. Okay. And my in-laws and my wife's grandma are over. And we're sitting on the porch, and my father-in-law has been, there's a one rotten spot in one board on the far side of the porch that nobody goes to. And it's, you know, there's a rotten spot in the wood, and it's fine. Like, right. whatever. We're replacing it anyway in a couple of years. It's not, nobody's falling through or anything. But my father-in-law loses his shit. He, he like, can't, he brings it up all the time. He's like, oh, that rotten board, I can just help you. We can just tear it up and replace it or whatever. And my wife doesn't want to do that because she knows, rightly, that me and her dad will fuck that up. And there's, there's going to cause, like, massive problems. It will be a disaster. And she's she's right. That's more than likely the outcome there is that we end up screwing something up and then we can't use our deck for the whole summer. She's right. like, absolutely not. You guys are not replacing that board. Very wise on her. Yeah. And I'm like... Cool, because to be perfectly honest with you, I don't really want to replace the board either. We're going to replace the deck in a couple of years. What? Why? What is the point? So, uh, my wife. So, flash forward to Memorial Day, everybody's over, and we're sitting on the deck. And my father-in-law looks down and mentions a spot again, and he moves our table to go over to protect everyone from falling through our deck <laughs> on the rotten spot. So, because of this. My grandmother-in-law refuses to go to that end of the deck and has to sit on the other end of the deck. And while she's sitting there, she says she's she's 93 years old, by the way. She says several times how nice the one part of the deck that's painted looks <laughs> to my wife. So I think you see where this is going, right? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I'm no, I'm I just want I'm not trying to think about it. I want to get to the destination. Oh, you, want to, you. you just OK, so. Yeah. So um, after they leave, my wife says, you know, the what, what do you want to do about that spot in the wood? And I'm like, well, I'm like, I, I mean, we could just leave it. It's just going to be it's going to be fine. She's like, yeah, but my dad's not going to stop talking about it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're 100 percent right. And I'm 100 percent behind doing something. So I'm like, why don't I get some wood putty and I'll just fill it in? She's like, great. That sounds like a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. While you're doing that. Why don't you sand down the rest of the deck and paint it? And I'm, just, I'm like, you got it, dear. Absolutely. I think that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> so my nice, simple little spot painting, a little spots here and there on the walkway of the deck has mm-hmm. now turned into 
me having to go outside and sand down all of our deck and then paint it all. And that's, so yesterday I went to Lowe's and, and in fact, I didn't even, I ordered online mm-hmm. some wood putty um, for pickup, drove over to Lowe's, got it, came back home, put the wood putty in. And so I'm sanding out the hole, right? To try to like, because, you know, you got to sand all the rotted wood out or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm sanding it out, and it just keeps going and going and going. And finally, I dug straight through the board, like all the way through. And the board's strong. It's The board is fine. It's just like a hole that's like this big right, in the middle of the thing, and now it's going all the way through. So I'm like, ah, great. So I go down to the basement, and I find a, a piece of wood, and I cut it down and, like, measure and cut and make, like, a piece of filler wood. It's not as big as the hole, so I can put the put it in, and then put the putty on top of it. And you know, I drilled the hole in each side of the wood, and then put the fixed it in there so it wouldn't move. And then puttied over the top of it and got the wood putty in there, and mm-hmm. it dried. And then I took care of another hole that was like medium bad, but I had all the supplies, so I figured I might as well do it. Um, got it all worked up, and now today, after this podcast, I'm going outside and I'm going to start sanding down my deck, so <laughs> then I can paint. All of it. It's not a small deck. It's like eight by thirty. Jeez, that's not small at all. No. Can I ask? Uh, so yeah, so it started off in the beginning of March as just quick fix. We're going to replace it in two years. Let's just yeah, let's just paint. We'll just cover up the little paint spots here and there. Can I ask because I don't know a lot about this stuff? Like we we're going to do our deck again this year, um, but. We just power wash it and then stain it. Is your wood so bad that it... Why do you have to sand it before you... Well, I don't have a power washer, first of all. Okay. Second of all, yeah, I'm scared that if we uh, power washed it, it would just take... the A lot of the wood would just come up. Okay, so some of the woods... It's probably several decades old. Yeah. No, at least 20 years. Oh, okay. Um, and the our house is also old lumber. Right. So I'd be worried that it would do some damage to the, like the like we're getting new doors and stuff and uh, the door jams and that kind of thing are all pretty bad, too. And they're going to be replaced sooner than later. But probably when we do the deck, we're going to do the doors and the windows, too. That's sort of the plan for like fall slash spring next year. Um, but I'd be worried that it would take some of the paint off the house or it would, you know, a hundred other things. So it's just. It wouldn't be worth it. It's going to be a lot easier for me to sand this than have power wash and then have to sand everything else too. Mm-hmm. See, I'm lucky in my house because because uh, my wife likes to do a lot of that stuff herself. Um, a lot of I don't know what you would say traditional guy stuff around the house, but she just likes to do that stuff, like yeah. um, fix things and paint and fix all that kind of stuff. She likes to do. Right. Um, Full disclosure, I like I like doing it too. Right, I, I know that's kind of your, right. You know, it's just like when you get your head set on what the job's going to look like, and then you go to do the job and you get the job done, and then all of a sudden, like the goalposts keep moving on you. It's like yeah, sure, right. And when somebody adds in a little, uh, it's all fine and dandy until uh, extended yeah. family comment, and then and start saying stuff like. Uh, you know, this looked really good, this part that you fixed over here. And, you know, it's... I like that your 92-year-old 
grandmother-in-law wouldn't go to that side of the deck. Was that probably the straw that broke the camel's back? No, the she the so that didn't really change anything that she didn't want to go to the other side of the deck, except for that she sat on the the side that had been done, and that's why she. Oh, that's it. right. It was looked so good. Yeah. Is it uh is it brutally hot where you are right now? Because it is down here. Yeah, it's stupid humid. It's like eighty five, but it feels way right. hotter. Is your deck in the sun or the shade? Uh, both. We have a, there's a big tree over it, so it's like half shady and half sunny. All right. It, when I'm out there sanding in a little bit, it's going to be very hot. It's going to be really bad. Yeah. Uh, before we started podcasting, we do this all the time. We you and I chat both for a little bit before we get going. Um. So I said to you something, and then you uh, called me out on something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, what kind of computer are you using? Well, I'm using an Apple, uh, iMac, a desktop. Yeah. And uh, how long have you had that computer? It's two years. Close yeah, to two years. It's bizarre because I seem to remember for a very long period of time when I was using Mac that you constantly would give me shit about that. So it's just funny to me that now you're using a Apple computer after shitting all over me for using an Apple computer for a very long time. Did, um, did I shit on did I shit on you for your computer too and not just your phone? Yeah, dude. I did? Yes. Every time it came up, uh, without <laughs> fail. I mean that includes any time I got my phone out. Um you uh constantly told me how awful that is. So is there a particular reason why you feel like you uh have any right in the world to be using a Macintosh? Well, I could come up with excuses, but I don't know how valid they would be. Because you just determined that it's actually better product. That's why. Okay. No, not really. Hmm. Oh, so why then? Why are you using it? Okay. Well, first of all, and I have, you know what? I have an iPad too. So is that, did you, is that so, uh, is it given to you for free? Mm, nope, I purchased both of them. Were they less expensive than the competitor's product that you would support? Um, okay, this is going to sound like a bullshit excuse as to why I have this Macintosh computer. Um, but uh, I work at U of M, you know that, University of Michigan, and they have a computer store there. And, um, you can, uh, purchase something, put 10% down. And then for the next year, they'll just take it out of your check. Sweet. Yeah. It's a really nice deal. Uh, it's also a dangerous deal for somebody like me, yeah. um, who has an issue buying technology. So they didn't have, they didn't, uh, well, like, you know what? That's a lie. Actually. They had a lot. I, I wanted to, buy, <laughs> I wanted to buy a machine that could handle editing. Uh, oh, right. yeah, no. Okay. That makes sense. Right. And uh, they didn't offer a desk. They had a laptop that was kind of okay at it. But this is, to me, seemed the only reasonable machine to buy in that uh, format that would satisfy what I needed to do. So it's the only one that could sufficiently do the job that you needed to be done. That was available to purchase. Oh, yeah. Like the only the only thing that you could buy that would do what you needed it to do. Yes. Right. Okay. 
Cool. Good. I mean, I could do that. I, I. All right. Damn it. My son, when my bought my son his gaming computer a couple of years ago, and well, it's, and it's been upgraded. So it's not like a really hefty machine, like the one that I just built for my daughter. But at the time, two or three years ago, it was a pretty good machine. It can do VR. So if it can handle the HTC Vive, you know, it's pretty good. Um, and then originally we, we shared that computer. It was just the one computer. He would play games on it. I would edit video. Um, mm -hmm. And even, I just didn't like how that Windows handled uh, the video editing software. Yeah. Not nearly as good as that Mac you're using. Um, maybe. Maybe. Okay, so the Mac does a lot better job at... Um, they all have their strengths and weaknesses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the um, strengths outweigh the weaknesses. Even, even video editing. Um, there's certain things that the Windows machine does better than this one, but this one... Well, okay, this one actually does it a lot better. Um, there's certain things that this one can't handle that the, the high-end machine could. So, But I have tried to be... Uh, I know you're absolutely right. I used to give everybody shit about using an iPhone and mm -hmm. I'm still, you know, I'm still Android probably for life on my phones, but it's, you know not... how much better the integration is for an iPhone to a Mac. Well, see, I tried to move away from, I have tried over the last few years. Um, you know, I've done some, uh, technology writing, freelancing and things like that. And so, I have tried to be on this path because I'm so into technology that I try to be platform agnostic now. And so even though I stay with Android, like I switch manufacturers every two years, um, I try not to, you know, and so I felt like two years before I bought this Mac, that I would have never bought one. And then I got to the point like, well, you know what? I think this one is going to do the job that I need it, that I want it to do. So that's no excuse for all the shit that I given you over the years about it and there's still okay i to be fair this conversation started before we recorded because i was complaining about <laughs> i was like you know the one thing i don't like about my mac is the way it handles audio and how i can record audio and that's when you were like you have a macintosh computer do you think less of me no mike you should no i'm just kidding is there a point in your married life um, where you realize you didn't know much of anything in my married life. Well, so yeah. In other words, <laughs> it's taken me a bit of time in my life, in my relationship with my wife really is what I'm talking about. Um, to realize that I'm not an expert in everything and to not front like I'm an expert in everything. And I continue to try to do that sometimes. And it's so hard to catch myself. Dude, I have I learned at a very young age that I know enough to not to know that I don't know shit. I don't know. I, there are very few things that I'm an expert in. And in those things, the only people I would talk to about it probably know as much, if not more than me. Anything that so anything I know. I know enough to know that I'm not an expert in. And if I am an expert, then I only talk to other experts about. It. So there's no. I, I just assume that, in fact, if I'm in a room, this is something that I try to live by. If I'm in a room where I think I'm the smartest person in the room, I want to leave that room. 
because there's no it's useless for me to sit in a room and know more than everyone else I'm talking to because I get annoyed. Right. They get annoyed mm-hmm. because I just sit there and roll my eyes when they're they open their dumb mouths. And it and nobody and I don't learn anything. So the whole thing is just terrible. So I Wait. try not to be surrounded by people who are if I, I people who are dumber than me. And to, to be honest with you, that's rare that there's like, there's almost, I've never met anybody who didn't know something about more about something than I do. Okay. The trick is trying to find that thing for some people. Okay. So if in theory, if you're in a room with a bunch of people that are dumber than you, your default is not like, Hey, I'm going to share some of my wisdom. It's more like, fuck these stupid people. No, because they don't want to hear my wisdom. Yeah, that's true. Nobody wants to hear what the fuck I have to say. They want me to shut up. I'm a, <laughs> nobody wants to fucking listen to me drone on about some shit. <laughs> and I don't want to... And No, and it, you know, it's rare. Sometimes there's... If I'm going to share information, it's an exchange. Right. Right? Like, I'm talking to somebody like you who knows way more about some stuff than I do. And then I know stuff about other stuff and we either have different opinions where we mm-hmm. get new information from the other one's point of view. Right. Or we exchange information where I talk to you about something and then you talk and tell me about something else. And then we go back and forth on it. It doesn't make sense to spend time with people who are not, no. who can't. And it sounds shitty, but can't bring something to the table. I mean, I think I get that. Um, when it comes to, like, but when it comes to interactions with people that you have relationships, whether coworkers or family and stuff like that, yeah. um, you don't have to find that you have to guard yourself against mansplaining things at all. Or here's what I, here's the problem that I face sometimes. No, dude, I learned a long time ago. Not to <laughs> okay. I think it's because like my job when I'm actually working and, uh, I'm not, uh, furloughed, uh, I manage, uh, 40 adults, uh, cooks, you know, our, our professional staff cooks, all that kind of stuff. And I manage 200 students. Right. And so that's a different mentality in that situation when you're in that position uh, and you're being a manager. Yeah. And so my wife finally figured it out a few months ago and she's, so she'll say this to me to check me and she'll be like, stop being a manager. You're at home. <laughs> And that's right. You know, I'll go into sometimes at home, I'll go into manager speak because uh, where I have no right to, by the way, um, I don't know. Maybe this podcast is where Mike reveals all his shitty habits and stuff like, but in a situation where I have no right to be uh, act like I'm an authority, but I'm so, but when I'm at work, I am an authority because I've spent my whole career learning all these things about food, right. food safety and managing and, and moving projects forward. Um, and so, uh, but when I get home and so not only that, but when I'm at work, that's just a small part of my managing because I work collaboratively because I work with such brilliant students. I work collaboratively with them. They come up with the great ideas. I just, sometimes I just provide the path for them yeah. to navigate it. So, but when I come home, I only bring back, <laughs> you know, sometimes when I'm at home, the only thing that I bring back from work is is trying to act like a manager at the house. And that never goes over very well. No, that's you need to not do that anymore. <laughs> well, I don't do it too often. But I learned very early in 
my marriage for sure that it doesn't do any good to try to like, even if my wife isn't necessarily um, accurate, sometimes I just let it go. You know, maybe her way works. Yeah. If it doesn't, then uh, then I have another way also that might work instead. <laughs> hey, I, I do have one question uh, that's totally random. Uh, are you like in our state right now? Certain zones are opening back up, and so are you really? You're not in zone one that reopened, are you? In Ludington, how close are you geographically to that? Um, the other side of our county. It just yeah. seems so funny to me. Yeah, like I, uh, so we live on US 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it well. The joke, the joke is that north of US 10, we can open. We live on the south side of the street. It's not entirely accurate. It was kind but of it's a pretty like, close like, line. One of the markers, but with the, it's like 20 minutes north of town. Right, because 10's a pretty, you couldn't actually use that through your area that highly because it just splits the town. Kind of right, yeah, yeah, right. It'd be ridiculous if they used ten, but yeah, it's but it uh, probably parallels it like twenty miles north or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so if you wanted to go to a restaurant, you could just drive a half an hour north. Yeah, half the rest like we go to the restaurants up there. <laughs> like we we like we haven't yet, but we those are like when before all this happened when we would go out to eat that was like options. Some of our options are open. Right. All right. Well, that's good. Right. Yeah. I mean, we haven't gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that seems pretty funny to me. I just was curious because I had a feeling like, plus, you know, uh, Traverse City is a much bigger city than your city. And yet that's open. You're not open. Whatever. It doesn't make any sense at all. But so what we've decided to do is get takeout from the the restaurants right around us like the closer restaurants that are still closed because uh-huh. we want to support them. So they will open up eventually. Right. Hey, so uh, a bit of background, cause Rob and I have worked together in a couple different restaurants. One of them was the Earl in Ann Arbor. And so dude, they're, uh, they're now selling the Earl bread loaves, you know, cause how, yeah, dude, I'm, Oh yeah. my God. Yes. It's the um, best bread in the world or close to it. I think we're coming down for, I think we're coming down Friday just to see my mom. Then we're coming down Friday night and heading back Saturday morning. Uh-huh. Um, and I think we're going to get the takeout from the Earl. Yeah. We haven't done it yet. We got to do it. Yeah. I think we're doing it Friday night. Yeah. And then you can buy an extra loaf of bread and take it back home with you. Yes. My, oh, you know what I do want to talk to you about actually is um, one of the albums that you posted is Gentlemen by Afghan Wigs. Yes. And I have like, you need to tell me about what that album means to you. If you can, if you want to, I have a very deep, long, complicated relationship with that album. I love that album. It's, it's probably still to this day, my, uh, desert Island album. If you can only have one album to listen to. It's up there for sure. Yeah. So do you mean, what do you mean by what it means to me? Like, personally? Well, so yeah, well, I mean, it's one of the, whatever that meme is on Facebook, 10 albums that meant a lot oh, to you. Yeah. They right? altered your perception on music. Right. Or whatever. However they said it, which is probably more elegant than me. So that album signifies for me permission to look to music that isn't necessarily 
the popular music at the time. Okay. It signifies a, a movement away from the very from the popular music at the time. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I was like, I don't know, 13, 14, something like that. Okay. And I was moving into, and I started, and I, you know, I had gotten into grunge early. Mm-hmm. As a kid, though, like 10, 11. Right. Listening to, like, um, college radio. Right. When I was falling asleep at night. Okay. And not having any idea what I was listening to. And, right. you know, hearing music or whatever. And um, that, and then... So then that got me like listening for alternative music. Right. And so then Pearl Jam and Nirvana happened and that, and so I got into that and smashing pumpkins and blind melon, stone temple pilots, right. you know, mm-hmm. it's like the, the big hitters that had like videos and MTV and the whole thing. Right. And I was hanging out with my buddy and he had an older brother and we were playing pool in his basement mm-hmm. poorly because we were young. And uh, his brother just put on that album and it blew my mind because it was as good musically as some of those other artists, but it wasn't something that it, like you would hear on the radio. Right. And, you know, you may, maybe you hear a little bit of it here. Yeah, no. So um, big deal. When I heard it, I got excited. Right. Yeah. Afghan wigs fall in that same category as uh, the replacements, uh, Dinosaur Jr. Um, maybe the. Pixies a little bit, although, but they're a little more popular. But really that next tier of sort of that underground alternative music that um, probably didn't make any sense why it wasn't being played on the radio. Um, But if you knew about, if that was your scene, you knew about them definitely. And you were, yeah, right. Like you, it was a, they were one of those bands where it made you like, people knew you knew something if you knew them, right? Right. It was like, it was sort of like the key, right? Uh Yeah. And, and that's kind of what that album meant for me is like that represented me moving into like really just building my own taste of music. And that was that album in particular had a lot to do with that. Right. Um, there's uh, the, the, that album means a lot to me, but um, Afghan wigs always brings back as a certain memory for me where, and I'm going to explain this where I saw my first boob in the wild. Nice. So do you remember, um, do you remember, uh, 89X in Windsor used to put on, they used to put on, what did they call it? It was an annual show in the summer on top of some parking structure in Pontiac. Um, I can picture the pot. They can picture the parking structure because it's across the street from that little corner where all those bars are. Right, and if you ever, and if, and it's where you would go if you ever went to. Summer, I want to say Summer Jam, but I know it's not that. It was in Pontiac. Yeah. Because it's the same area that you would park, um, uh, if you're going to go see a Lions game and have to take the bus. Yeah. To the Lions yeah. game. So, uh, so we were going to that one year. Um, they're playing. Summer fling. Huh. Summer fling. Summer, I forget what it's called. God, are you looking it up? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can find it though. Whatever, it's it's fine. I know it was okay. Anyway, it was a huge deal. Um, it was a birthday bash. It was the eighty nine X birthday bash. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. And then they would, and they did it for a number of years. And Afghan wigs were headlining one of one show one year, and so that's while we went to while we went anyway um uh we got out of my car whatever car we were in we parked 
and we're walking towards the thing. And then like literally the car that we're next to, um, this is people with all their clothes off. Right. And then broad daylight, just going at it. Nice. So I think that was my first, uh, boob I saw in the wild. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So (laughs) anyway, now I want to go through all of my albums and talk about them. Okay. We can start doing that. So there are some very specific ones that I put on there for very specific reasons. Uh-huh. And there's one in particular that I want to put on there and I forgot about until afterwards. So Oasis. What's the story? Morning Glory. Are you familiar with that album? Well, yeah. You have you have no choice but to be familiar with that album. So that album is amazing because it's first of all it's a really good spring album okay. but not march or april okay and it's the perfect tone for that but it also represents like a specific time in life where um i was a little younger than this when it came out but it's like that time in life when you're becoming an adult and you're just realizing what that you are you start to really come to grips with the reality that mm-hmm. you're the one responsible for everything that's going on. Like you make all the choices, but you also have all the freedoms. And that's kind of where I was at when that, when, with that album. Okay. I could start to like, I didn't have to like Mm -hmm. be under anyone's, like my parents couldn't really, didn't really make the decisions. Interesting. That's really interesting. See, uh, cause I'll go back to if, if I were to have not been lazy and actually do the top 10, Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, gentleman would obviously have been on there for me too. Um, yeah. but for me, like right now, like you're 40 and I'm 51 or something like that, but we're yeah. basically a decade apart, which at this point in our lives doesn't mean anything. But for me, uh, um, that you album, hated that album, I would imagine. What's that? You didn't like that album. I don't imagine that album. Oh no, no. I, I, I mean, I got sick of Oasis real quick and they're, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was one of those band songs that I didn't listen to the whole album. All those songs that were on the radio were played way too many times. Yeah. And then one of them said they're better than the Beatles, and I was like, okay, well, I don't have time for you. So it's hard, yeah. And it's funny coming from a different spot because I didn't. Right, because for me, like an album that was sort of due for you when your friend played it. Um, um, of course, like now my situation would be different. I grew up in a Christian conservative family and it wasn't until later on in life that uh, we were able to kind of listen to pop music, you know? So, um, so the album that actually did it for me is probably Voices by Hall and Oates. I okay. Think, uh, whatever one has kisses on my list. I think that's on Voices. Um, just because like Hall and Oates represented for me, um, like it doesn't fall into my musical taste that much at all now. Um, I mean, I still love them, but that was the band that that was like the first like non-Christian yeah. band that I listened to, right. and so um, that was huge for me. Um, so, uh, gentlemen by Afghan Wigs, I was like, what sucked me into that album was one musically is just great. Um, yeah, uh, but just sort of his complex wrestling with relationships on that album and yeah. sort of how tortured he is yes. by all of it. And 
it's just a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, it's like, geez, that just really spoke to me. So, um, which I'm sure it probably did later on in life when you went back to listen to it again Yeah. and you listen to it, it is lyrically and you're like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, it's dark. And- <laughs> it's dark as hell. Yeah. And that's, but it's beautifully dark. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, have you listened to the twilight singers, which is, uh, yeah. okay. Cause yeah. that shit, that shit continues to be really good. The yeah. the stuff Absolutely. that um, Greg Dull puts out. Greg Dully. Yeah. Yeah. Although we did a cover of um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas that's absolute trash. <laughs> um, they were at... Uh, they played in Detroit at um, uh, St. Andrews last year, I think. Yeah. And I was going to go, but the tickets were so ridiculous. Yeah. I Like, also- much more than... Like it was a, you know, like the year before that I saw dinosaur. You would pay to see anybody at St. Andrews. What's that? Like more than you would expect to pay to see anybody at St. Andrews. Right. Like the year before that I saw dinosaur junior at St. Andrews and maybe one of the greatest experiences of my life, but it wasn't like tickets were like 20, 30 bucks or something. Yeah. This was like 80. It was was 80. And then you could pay a little bit extra, like, or a lot extra to meet. Then you could pay like part of the package was you could pay like $500 to meet the band. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck off. I don't like stand out back when they have their smoke break before they go on for set. I mean, yeah, like just fuck that. Um, but um, he continues to make great music. So yeah, as does, I don't, are you into Dinosaur Jr. at all or not? Probably not. Uh, honestly, I'm more into Dinosaur Jr. because I know you're into Dinosaur Jr. Okay, and that's why I played a lot of their stuff, and I like it. But it's it, it. I don't have the same. It doesn't have the same sentimental hook that I like. Yeah, I listen to it and I enjoy it and I see value in it. And you know, there's a few songs that I've thrown on my playlist or whatever. Right. It's um, but it for whatever reason it missed me at the time. Yeah, it was super meaningful to me in the, my twenties. Yeah, which would have been your teens and. Yeah. It, and I was busy listening to Afghan wigs and hum. Yeah. Um. So. There are a couple other good albums. So there, some of them have good stories. So like there's, I put Diggable Planets Blowout Comb on there because I think that's a phenomenal album that really got me into um, hip hop in general, and, but more specifically like um, a little more bluesy artistic form of hip hop than I was used to. Like it was definitely different than like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch or, uh, you know, even like, the Cypress Hills or the, whatever I was listening to, um, where it had a little more, it was a little more artistic, I guess. Sure. Um, that album is fantastic. Then there's, um, bone thugs and harmony East 99, eternal. I'm looking at your Facebook page right now. Yeah. Which, uh, that is a very specific and personal reason that's on there. So when like all my friends were listening to bone at that particular time, when, and so I went to the store to get my bone CD because everybody else had it and I wanted to be cool. All right. And I happened to get it. I went in to pick it up the same day the new bone album came out. And I decided to buy the old one instead of the new one, because that old one was the one that everybody had. Right. And the next day it was the new one that I should have bought. So I, <laughs> that album is, is awesome. And right. I actually like it a little better than the next, the next one that came out, although they're both really good. But the, um, that's a reminder to me that, to not follow the trend instead to try to search out new music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm trying to think what else is on there. 
The December album is really good, but that's because it hit me at a certain time in a certain place at a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark was a night opened me up to a whole bunch of new stuff that it there it was just band after band that was amazing that got me falling down the rabbit hole to discover a whole new section. It's like almost like that second wave of in, of uh, alt music from the last ten years. Um, the Body Vare album is stupid good. Just because it's amazing. I mean, that, that dude is right. talented. Sometimes right? an album has to be on there just because. It has to be on there. Because I can listen to it anytime at any place. Um, so one of the albums that didn't make it is Nine Inch Nails' Fixed. Okay. Are you familiar with that album? Fixed? Let me just see what, let me see what songs are on there. No, I don't know if I'm particular, if I know that particular album. So Broken is the album that came out between Pretty Hate Machine and Downward Spiral. Okay. So like Pretty Hate Machine, they Trent pretty much established himself as an artist, right? And that's where he had like a hole and all that. So then then he put out Broken, which is a sophomore album that kind of had a sophomore slump. I really enjoy that album. Mm -hmm. But Fixed is the remix album of Broken. Okay. And it was terribly difficult to find at the time. So that was the first album that I actually had to go on a hunt for and search for and find, which also started off my need to do like that hunt thing that I think mm-hmm. we talked about in the last podcast. Right. It's really the first thing that where I put it on a list and then had to go find it in the wild that I did right. that in 1914 Chicago Cubs away hat mm-hmm. before the internet was, you had to right. like travel to find. So like it was, it's really important to me because it really represented the work that you had to put in to find good music. Right, right. Like that, the replacements are that way for me. Um, I think Paul Wurstenberg is one of the great songwriters of all time. But beyond beyond that, um, I think it was really at the end of high school. It was in high school that I was really getting in, into the replacements. And I think in our senior year, um, Please to Meet Me came out. And like, but the only way you would know that at that time is by reading indie magazines. And then when the album came out, we had to drive from Holland to Grand Rapids to a little independent record store just because there was no way I could buy that in Holland just to get that freaking album. Um, And it's not, Please Meet Me is not their best album, but it, yeah. So it still has that kind of meaning because there was, you know, before I got into, when I got into replacements, all my friends had the album. So you just make a tape and, um, yeah. that was the album that I had, you know, that was really like, holy shit, this band is good. I can't wait for the next album to come out. So, yeah. Yeah. I had to get on a bus as a kid and ride downtown Ann Arbor where I would hang out with the local. There was like a set of kids that just hung out downtown mm-hmm. and like got into trouble and, you know, did things they probably shouldn't have. <laughs> like get bums to buy us forties underage and, and like drink them back by Nichols Arcade, but I had to get on the bus and go down there, and like, and we would go to, and I would went to the record store and bought that album, like, it, and it was like a whole thing to get down there to do that. You know, what I think is funny about that is, because uh, I was in Ann Arbor in my twenties, um, like, it, it cracks me up to think that because you know, I was that at some point you could have just been one of those punk ass teenagers hanging around in Ar- in Ann Arbor that annoyed the hell out of me. I'm sure I was. <laughs> I guarantee it too. 
That's hilarious. Throw empty 40 bottles on you while you're walking down State Street? No, no. I would have been the dude that you could have just been like, I would have bought you that 40-ouncer for (laughs) sure. (laughs) may very well have. (laughs) Never know. Yeah. That's funny. Well, I'm glad that you like you've listened. I was because I was going to ask you if you'd listen to the Twilight Singers. So yeah, dude. All right. I'm just I, um, ha- I have fixed queued up here, so I'm going to listen to it afterwards. So that music on the album in particular is like okay. It's you know it's Trent Reznor doing Trent Reznor stuff. Um, what you should do is listen to Hum though. Okay. Why don't we um. Let's pick 10 songs that the other person has to listen to for next time. Yes. Okay. Okay. And here's the theme. Like what made me think about this is on one of the, uh, I think dinosaur junior has put out four albums. They have another one coming out soon, actually. So they, they only have four, albums? no four new albums. They, re- like, they reform when they, when they have a long history, the first few albums, the band was together. And then the middle chunk of their career was just Jay Mascus making all the albums and playing all the instruments. And then they finally got back together, uh, 10 years ago, 12 years, something like that. And although their early collection is classic, I think some of the music that they've made, um, when the band themselves are in their, their forties, their age wise is some of their best music. Um, which might be heresy because of other older stuff. So it's, you know, you're in a different place. Right. So the reason I say that is I don't want, so what made me think of this idea of listening to these top 10 songs and here's what the theme should be. Like there's a song on there that I think in one of those albums that I think might be the greatest rock song that's ever been written, but how biased is that? So I'm going to put that on my list. Okay. So make sure that like, um, I'm going to put things on there that you will either validate my beliefs or shoot them down horrifically. Okay. All right. So that's what we're going to do for next time. All right. Yep. All right, man. Well, listen, have a great day. Enjoy sanding and painting your porch and being a hero to all of us. Or at least your family. Take it easy, man. All right. Take care, Rob.